This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. We had a blast at camp, and if anybody's wondering, the pond, it, it smelled like it looked, okay? <laughs> so uh, why, don't, why don't my teenagers come on up, uh, those of you that just come on down, anybody that wants to come on down, and then anybody that wants to speak and speak, and we'll, uh, we'll share some testimonies of what it is that God did in the lives of these teenagers, and I know that, uh, come on, scoot over here, Tyler, come on over. Um, you know, some of them are more nervous than others, and so you guys just uh, encourage them as they go, and uh, um, it'll be good. I believe, you, I believe that you all be blessed uh, to hear what it is that God did in the lives of, of uh, our students, and uh, so are you starting? Okay. Hi, Hi I'm Haley. Um, my kind of, my testimony is kind of long. It was like a whole week process, but... Uh, on Monday, Pastor Kyle wanted us to start off strong. He didn't want us to wait till Wednesday and Thursday to actually like get revelation and stuff like that. So on that day, I went there last year for the same thing, but I went right back to my thing again because Satan sucks. <laughs> and, um, so I got freedom from, like, I already had freedom from it, but I had like, I gained like the strength to, hey, that's not who I am. So, like, it has no power over me, so. And then on Tuesday, there was, like, a forgiveness thing, but I also wanted to go up there again for it because we were writing on cards, and we would rip them up at the altar and leave them there because just give it to Jesus. And um, so then on Thursday, we talked about our calling, and, like, I just graduated, so I'm like, oh, i got to go into the real world. So, um I prayed and like my passion is baking and one of the pastors there was like hospitality is a huge thing so all you gotta do is just give someone a batch of cookies and then just say hey have you heard of Jesus and it's that easy (laughs) and then after that there was a teaching moment of just someone like tapped me on the shoulder and then they brought me back after we were so we were done so we can worship after we were I was done praying and like she turned and then I was like, everyone around me was hugging someone and there was no one like hugging me and I was just like crying, just praising Jesus. And in that moment, I was like, I heard something and it was, people will turn their backs on you, but I'm always here. And even though you're alone, I'm always there because I've felt alone a lot, especially during school and I was like, wow, that's powerful. And even like during practice this morning, I, like, I heard, hey, back down a little bit. You worshiped a lot during camp. Just back down a little bit. Your voice kind of hurts. You're fine. Just back down. And I'm like, no, I'm going to sing louder because like, why not? So, yeah, that's it. Um, so I called Brian yesterday morning and asked how long we had. So. He said, keep it under five minutes, so I'll try. So this week going into camp, um, I'd kind of been stuck in a loop of like, I went to church, but I feel like I was starting to play church more than take it seriously. So this week I really prayed for a touch of God in my life and for his love to just like overflow in my life because I really wanted a touch from him this week. And so... Another thing is I prayed for revival in our church because I don't think that I'm really the only one, but I feel like we were just starting to get into this loop of we just show up, sit down, and then leave. And I really think that everybody can get a lot more out of it. And another thing is back to Thursday night is we prayed about our callings in life, and Pastor Kyle the very first one he prayed about was kids that felt like they were called into the ministry. And that's something that I've been thinking about and praying about a lot. So Thursday night, I went up and accepted my calling in the ministry. So, yeah. And then, so that's mine. But my little sister couldn't make it today. So I know she's watching, though. Um, She wanted me to share her testimony, too. 
So I'm going to try to read this as best as I can. It says, This past week, my main focus was on our family. I felt family... I felt family was on my heart, and there was a weight that was blocking me from my relationship with God. So I really tried to pray for it all week. One night, Pastor Kyle said in his message about forgiveness that as soon as he said that I thought of my family, because he also said you need to forgive to be forgiven by God. I went to the altar that night to pray about it, and I felt good, but there was still a weight that needed to be taken off. The following night in prayer, I asked my older brother to pray with me, and Pastor Bill also came over to pray with us. After that prayer, with my brother knowing that we were going through the same thing, that weight had been taken off, and I really felt myself break from those chains, and my relationship in those few days grew bigger than the last few months. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Lauren. Um, just thought I'd let you know that before I started. So um, I think I'm speaking for everyone when I say that camp this year was just like so impactful for both um, those who like went as youth and like those who went as leaders like um, I, I, like every year camp is like really good but like this year I feel like it was just like so I don't know like it was just so much more impactful for everyone um, so what happened for me like my testimony um, I'm gonna back up first like just just a backstory quickly. So um, I'm gonna be a junior in high school and for the past, like for a really long time, I've been wondering like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do after I graduate? Because you know, I'm like, I, I'm into like art and stuff. So that's kind of like a hard, like a hard um, like field to go into, I feel like, because you can't really make a lot of money with certain, <laughs> with certain, like ta like gifts that you were given but anyway on thursday like they said um pastor kyle was talking about um calling and i was you know i'd been praying about it for like years like trying to figure out what i was supposed to do after i graduate and so um like tyler said pastor kyle was like um if you feel like you're called to the ministry why don't you come on up and like um, I, I had never really thought about going into the, like, into the ministry, except that night in, just, like, in my spirit, I kind of felt like I should go up. So, uh, you know, I went up, and while I was standing there, um, where's he at? He gave me a hug. It was great. But, um, uh, I just kind of felt like while I was up there, um, like, even though I have no idea what, um, what being in the ministry looks like for me. Like, I don't know if it's, like, going into worship or, like, actually, like, preaching. I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to look like, but, like, um, I just kind of accepted it and, like, told God that, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll do anything. Like, I'm, I'm just here for, yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Hi. Um, so my family just moved to Florida like a couple months ago um, and I've really struggled to like make friends and stuff so I went into camp like praying about that and like meeting people and stuff um, and the night when we had the papers like Haley was talking about I wrote anxiety on mine because I've had a lot of anxiety about meeting people and just like doing everything that I would normally do here with my friends um, so I went up and I prayed about it and I ripped it up and my thoughts like started changing from like, I'm not gonna make any friends or I'm gonna make bad friends to like, I'm gonna make a faith, like a like faith group of friends and I'm gonna meet people in youth group and just like my whole friend group is gonna be like, like faith and help me grow in my faith. Things like that. So yeah. Uh, when I went to camp, I uh, prayed for friends with Brian, and I also forgave people with another pastor from another church, and I also grew in my relationship. So that's all for my testimony at camp. My testimony at camp, I did pray with Brian like Eli, and I prayed especially for my friend. His name is Holden. He moved close or by Iowa City to Des Moines. And his family had never known God, so I decided to pray for him on night two. Same with some other friends. And 
Also on night three, I prayed for my flat feet and no arch that I can be healed. So I'm Jackson, and uh, last year at camp, <clears throat> when on Thursday night he had everyone come up who felt they were called to ministry, and that was the first time that I felt that calling on my life. And so since then, I've been trying to talk to myself without God about, okay, how can I make this work? What can I do to make myself successful in ministry? And while I was at camp, I realized I can't do that. I can't talk to myself without God. And so I've started having conversations that are God with me instead of me with me. The other thing about camp this year is that whatever was happening there, the devil did not want to happen, especially with the amount of people who got sent home sick. Um, I'm Ella, and I've been struggling late with, lately with a lot of like anxiety and stuff. And when we ripped up the papers, I just felt a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And also when we like prayed about family and stuff, I can already see the, <clears throat> the changes at home. Hi, I'm Jayla, and at camp, I was also called to the ministry, so when we went up, I would, I've been praying about this for who knows how long, but along with Ella, I also wrote down anxiety on my paper and depression, and after I ripped up that paper and walked back to my seat, Everything was gone. I'm Lily, and so my thing is I struggle a lot with like forgiving and like letting go of things. So this year they talked a lot about letting go and just getting rid of that. So that was my big thing at the end of camp. I had let go of a lot of really bad feelings I had had for a lot of people. So that was my big thing from camp. Uh, when I went to camp or at church, I was just going through the motions. And at camp, I really gave it all to God and felt like better and felt the chains lifted off of me. Well, let's give it up for these guys one more time. Thanks, guys. You can just set that over there. You guys can go sit down unless you want to preach. <laughs> Actually, I think that... Uh, Tyler Reed probably would if I would have given him the whole morning. It's like, he texted me yesterday morning. He's like, hey, how much time do I have? I'm like, well, do you want the whole service or what do you got going on here? You know, so uh, I got to tell you guys, it, uh, you know, just as the kids said, um, uh, camp was just so impacting. And uh, um, you guys wondering about sitting down? Just go ahead and sit down. <laughs> We're in here. <laughs> they didn't get that memo. <laughs> um, Camp was, it was so impacting. I mean, I just, every single night was just phenomenal. We watched as kids, um, you know, would come to the altar and, and, and kind of the uh, routine was is that uh, uh, Pastor Kyle, he was from Florida, he would minister and then he would have all the leaders come up and we would, we would pray with all of these kids that were responding, you know, just responding to, you know, the whole list of, of things that uh, they were dealing with. And it, it, was just, it was just phenomenal. It was phenomenal to be able to pray with kids and, and encourage kids and pray over kids and help them to see uh, um, the truth about God's Word in their life. And, um, you know, and for me, um, you know, it's, it's cool because, you know, you don't just have to be a student in order to receive something from God. And, uh, um, and so for, for me, for, for some of the kids that you, you noticed, it would just be, depend on the night. It might've been one night or two nights. Uh, for, for me, it was Tuesday night. Uh, Tuesday night was a it was just powerful because we had been at the front and we had prayed with kids and uh, the the service was kind of closing down so to speak and and uh, I was in the back you know just running sound like you know me and Aaron would do and and uh, um, uh, one of one of my fellow uh, pastors got up and began to talk you know and he's a dad and many of his kids are grown and so he starts talking about being a dad and anytime you start start talking about a dad you got me. You got me right here because I'm a dad, you know, and uh, so he starts talking about being a father and how, you know, uh, he loves his kids so much. He cares about them and he wants the best for them. 
but it's up to them to pursue him, you know, to come to him if they need something. You know, he can't, as a dad, force them to, to live the life that he, that he wants for them. And the same thing is true for us as believers. Our Heavenly Father, you know, he has, you know, uh, he's prescribed, uh, you know, the word of God to us. He's given it to us, but it's up to us to go to him and, and to seek him out and to find him, you know, and, 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 and to pursue him, just as you, you've seen that the theme of camp was, was to pursue. And, uh, um, you know, so he just, he had me going there, you know, and, and, and as we prayed, you know, as a, as a, I'm a dad, but I'm also a pastor, you know, and I just, I care so much for not only my kids, but I care for the students of Fellowship Church. I care for the, 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 all of you that are in here and all the people that are not here, you know, and so, and so I am moved, you know, when, when, when someone hurts, I hurt. When someone's in pain, I'm in pain. When someone, you know, doesn't understand, I want to help them understand, you know, and so that's, that's who I am. And so there I was, I was in the back and I was, you know, as he was talking, I began, I became emotional, you know, and, and, and it wasn't an emotion like sadness. It was just the Holy Spirit working on, working on me, you know, and sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit works. You know, it just kind of depends on us and how we're put together. Uh, but for me, I was emotional. And so, uh, you know, I moved to an area that was more private, you know, and, uh, um, and I mean to tell you, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me about some different things, and one of which was just a holy determination. I, I don't know that that's a very good phrase, so to speak, but it was just a renewed determination about what it is that I do as a pastor, you know, that even in these, and in, in, even in the days that we live in, even though, uh, uh, um, students and, and people struggle, there is still a determination to help them to see that which God has for them. And, and that is being, you know, the best that, that he has for them. And so I was back there and another, another um, one of the leaders, she came up to me and she said, I think you need to go down there. You need to go down to the altar. You need to run down to the altar, you know, and, you know, I don't know if she thought that I was, it, it doesn't really matter. And, but what I did is I just went down there. And it was the most awkward thing in the world, you know, because service is coming to an end, right? Everybody's done. The kids are done. They're ready to roll, you know, and, and uh, Pastor Mike, who's the director, he's got the microphone and, and here I come walking down the aisle, you know, and I just go down and I kneel at the altar, you know, because it was just one of these things where it's like, Lord, you know, I'm human too. I'm not perfect. There's things that, that I as a pastor have, have taken on to my life you know, that of being probably just, um, you know, as Pastor Mike asked, because that's what we would do every night. We would ask them, hey, what are you coming up here for? Because, you know, when we confess our sin, there's forgiveness. You know, and in this case, it wasn't a matter of sin. It was a matter of, uh, of, of feeling that I, have, I had accepted. And that was, you know, he said, what do you come down here for? And I said, well, I feel like I've failed, you know. And, uh, you know, it kind of just fell out of my mouth. And, I was like, well, I don't know if that's really necessarily what I mean, you know, but as I, as I, as he began to pray over me and just encourage me and speak life into my, into me and minister to me as, as a friend and as a, a fellow youth pastor, you know, it was, it, I wrote this in my notes after the fact for probably 10 minutes, we hugged and he spoke and he prayed, you know, and I cried and, but the thing that I wrote was there was such freedom, there was such healing, there was such restoration, there was such peace, there was such love, there was such acceptance, such a touch from heaven, you know, and, you know, and so today, you know, you have sat here and you've listened to some, some, you've seen life change happen in our students, but I'm here today to tell you that much like they spent a week pursuing God, we as, as adults should be pursuing God too. And, and uh, you know, and so the definition of pursue is to follow in haste, to press forward, to strive. And as a pastor and as a dad and as a husband, I'm, I must pursue God. I must press into the things of God in my own life. If, if I want to experience God's best, if I want my family and my marriage and those things that are closest to me to, to have his best in my life, I have to pursue him. 
you know, and, and I have to pursue him in what it is that I'm doing as a pastor also for the benefit of our church family. And I know, I know that, you know, I'm not the healer, I'm not the fixer, but my, my heart's desire is to see people get it and to see people that are lost found and people that are hurting healed and people that are bound loosed. And so, you know, when I think about these students and, and what it is that they experienced at camp, you know, there's that camp high, there's that camp excitement, there's that passion. And, and you know, they set aside a, a week of their life. And, you know, as, as the youth pastor, as I got ready for today, I'm thinking to myself, what can I tell a student? What are the steps that they can take to, to continue to, you know, continue that which has began to begin in their life? or maybe that which has been renewed in their life. You know, because, you know, we come back and we get back into the flow of things, but there are disciplines that we have to take in order to, to maintain or stay in this place of pursuit of the things of God. And, I, and so the pursuit doesn't just stop when camp is over. I think that, you know, when I think about all of you, my question to you is, is what are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? You know, is it a healthy lifestyle? Is it retirement? Is it long-term financial freedom? Is it education success? Is it God? Is God a part of that pursuit equation in your life? In your notes, uh, my first point is this, that our pursuit of God is not confined to one moment. It's not confined to one moment. And, and that's what I would tell my, uh, our students is, is that, just because you set aside your time to go and you, you know, and that was the, the, the theme of camp was pursue God. It's not confined to that week. You don't have to stop at the end of Friday when the bus, you know, when the van pulls into the driveway and it's like, well, that was five days of pursuing God. Now we're going back to whatever it is that we do. No, it's, it, it can be a continuation. But I think that a lot of times we live in this world that we live for a moment, right? We, that's, that's, that's what people do is, is, you know, whether it's a camp experience or a special meeting or a conference, or maybe you come to church and you experience, you know, you really experience God and it's, it's a moment. And so I'm here today to tell you that, that your pursuit does not have to be confined to Wednesday night. It does not have to be confined to Sunday morning. It does not have to be confined to a special conference, our pursuit is something that's daily. It's, it's something that we have to do. It's a daily dis discipline. We have to haste and press forward and strive each and every day to pursue the things of God and to be in his presence and to worship him. And, you know, that's why, you know, I got up here and it's like we really have to practice because it, it isn't, it's not in our nature to do that. And just, I don't remember who it is that said it, but Man, the enemy, he, he's working against us to keep us from not pursuing God. He's working against us in, in many areas of our lives to, to not have that pressing forward, right? To not have that haste for the things of God, to, 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 to get us to, to squelch that desire that we have to have in order to pursue him. You know, and so... If you confine pursuing him to a moment or a special event, you're not really pursuing him. If, 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 if you live your life based on, well, you know, I went to church. I went to church on Wednesday night. I went to church on Sunday morning. Or I went to that special conference. I traveled. I took time off of work. And, 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 and you confine it to that moment. I'm sorry, but you're not pursuing God. Pursuing God looks like each and every day, man, when you get up, your feet hit the floor and your mind is going to the Lord. Your mind is going to, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're trying to say to me? I'm, I'm available. We sang it this morning. I'm available. I, I want you to speak into my life. I want you to minister to me. I want you to show me things. I want you to, you know, if there's somebody that comes into my life, Lord, help me to see that. That's pursuing God in our daily life and in our daily disciplines. And, and Paul stressed this point in, uh, to Timothy in a letter that he wrote, and it was, it was really the scripture for uh, uh, camp week. And uh, I just decided to take that scripture and break it down and look at it this morning to help us to see what it is that we need to do in order to continue to pursue God each and every day. And so in your notes or on the screen, you can read along with me. This is the message version. It says, but you, Timothy, man of God, run for your life from all of this. 
Pursue a righteous life, a life of wonder, faith, love, steadfastness, and courtesy. Run hard and fast in the faith. Seize the eternal life, the life that you were called to, the life that you so fervently embraced in the presence of so many witnesses. I am charging you before the living God and before Christ who took his stand before Pontius Pilate and didn't give an inch. Keep this, in, keep this command to the letter and do not slack off. And so this is powerful, guys. This is just a powerful uh, uh, encouragement that Paul gave to Timothy. That, that Timothy, I want you to run hard after the things of God. I want you to pursue the things of God. And so today, I want to look at four pursue principles. Four pursue pr principles. And the first one is found here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. It says this, But you, Timothy, man of God, Run for your life from all of this. All of this, you know? And so when you read that, well, what is all of this? Well, if you read in the verses prior to this scripture to run from this, he was talking to leaders previously. He was talking about leaders who it was primarily, their primary focus was money. It was, it was that they were doing what they did and it was all about money. And, and when I think about our lives, you know, it may not be just money, but my, my question to you would be this. What is it that you're controlled by? What is it that you're controlled by? Because whatever you're controlled by is what you pursue. You know, if you're controlled by material things, you will work endless hours to get that. You'll work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You'll stop at nothing. You, you will, you, you'll turn your back on those things that are really, really important because of something that controls you. It could be money. It could be material things. It could be perfection. It could be pride. It could be how, how you think that people see you. You could be controlled by that. I don't know what it is for you. For each and every one of us, it can be different. But if you are controlled by something, today is the day that you can, you can make a decision that, you know what? I identify that as what I'm controlled by, and that is not of God. Timothy was told by Paul to, to, to what? Run from that. Run away from those things that are trying to hold us back, those things that are trying to control us, those things that maybe the enemy, those stumbling blocks that the enemy has put into our path to get us to stop pursuing him. He said, run the other way. And so that's the, uh, point number one in your notes. The first principle of pursuing him is to run for your life from temptation. Run for your life from temptations. You know, I was thinking about that whole idea of running. Running. And I can remember I was, I think I was about 10 years old and we had this big junk pile out in the, in the pasture at the house. And dad, you know, he was constantly cleaning up this place that he bought because it was just overgrown with everything. So, I mean, he spent years cleaning this, cleaning up this, this acreage. Well, he had this big pile out there and there was tin and all kinds of stuff out there. And it had been sitting out there for a long time and it was the middle of summer. So I go out there and, you know, I was just messing around, climbing around on these big trees and logs and stuff like that. Well, there was a piece of tin that was laying on that. And I jumped off and jumped onto it. And when I hit it, I heard a buzzing noise and I knew immediately that I was in trouble. And I decided I'm going to run for my life, right? So I'm doing one of these. You know, when you're 10 years old, man, you're so awkward and it's like you can't run very fast and you're, you're wearing these shorts that your mom sewed a long inseam in and it's just like, you're doomed, man. I'm like, I'm doomed, okay? I'm going to get stung. And sure enough, man, I got hit like, I don't even know, two, three times by these wasps, you know? And, and, and my point in saying that is, is that, when we are living life, we have to identify the dangers. We have to identify the things that are going to sting us in life. You got to look at them. You got to realize that's going to sting me if I mess with it. That's going to sting me if I mess with it. And what do we do? Do we mess with it? No. Is there anybody in here that messes with wasp nests or hornet's nests? Not one of you. If you do, you're crazy. But all of us that have normal logic and sense, right? We do not mess with those things. We run from them. And the same thing is true in our lives, that we, when there are things that are in our lives that, we, that are controlling us, 
We have to identify, you know what? This is controlling me, and this is going to sting, and I refuse to allow this to sting me, so I'm going to run the other direction. I'm going to run as fast as I can. You know, when I think about these principles, there is a, a, a person and an example in the example of King David that basically parallels all of the points that we're going to make today. And it's just perfect because I think about King David, and look at this in Second Samuel, it's in your notes and up on the screen. It says this, he didn't run for his life. And it says it right here. It says in verse two, then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked out onto the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So here it is. Here's something in David's life that is gonna sting him if he continues in it. And the thing is, guys, is that for all of us, temptation comes to all of us. The big question is, what are we going to do with the temptation? Are we going to recognize that this thing could sting me and I'm going to run the other direction? Or are we going to continue to look at it? And I think about another person that actually succeeded in this, and that was the story of Joseph. How many of you guys remember Joseph in the Bible? You know, he was successful. He got brought out of the prison. He's helping Potiphar. He's been, you know, given all this leadership. He's just doing a phenomenal job. He's doing all these things. Just, just, just life is successful. Life, life's going good. The kingdom's running well. He was over pretty much everything that Potiphar. Potiphar was the only one that was above him. And then something happened. Potiphar's wife began to look at him and began to talk to him and began to entice him. And, and, and Joseph's like, no, uh-uh. He recognized that is something that's gonna sting. And he ran the other direction. Now, we know the rest of the story that he was falsely accused. But my point is this. When things in, in life, if we wanna continue to pursue God, if we wanna continue to be passionate for the things of God and allow God's uh, 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 power to work in our lives, we have to run from temptation in our life. And Paul told Timothy, run for your life from all of these things, these indulgences. Thoughts always precede action. Thoughts always precede action, guys. In verse three, it said that David, after he walked out onto this roof and saw this, this beautiful woman, look, look at what David did. It said, so David sent and inquired about the woman. And in verse four, it says that David sent a messenger and he took her. So instead of running back into the house and running away from that which was that he that would sting him, he 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 indulged himself. He began to ask questions. He did not run from the temptation. And we have to understand, guys, that just like that wasp nest that I jumped on, there is life and there is death attached to things. And we have to understand that it may not be naturally, but spiritually speaking for you, it's the difference between spiritual life and spiritual death. The temptations that we face each and every day is the difference between spiritual life and spiritual death. The question is, will you run from that which you are tempted by. Romans 6.23 says it this way, that the wages of sin is death. And if we want to maintain a passionate pursuit for God, we have to run from temptation. We have to run from sin. We have to run from deception. We have to run from the lies. And we have to run to our God. David didn't run for his life. And the result was sin. It was it was. Mistake after mistake after mistake. He covered this. He lied about this. He had a man killed. That's what happens when we don't run for, for, for our lives from temptation. It, it, we have to do one thing after another to cover. And, and, and we move from pursuing the things of, of God and running after him to way far away from the things of God. And so we must absolutely must run for our life from temptation. And we've seen that. And so the second thing is this, and, in, and this is found in verse 11 of 1 Timothy 6. It says, pursue a righteous life. Pursue a righteous life and, and the wonder of faith. So number two, we must pursue a righteous life. Righteous is morally right and justifiable and, and virtuous. And King David didn't run for his life, nor did he do what was righteous in this situation. 
I'm not saying that it was through his whole life, but in this situation, look what it says. 2 Timothy 11.1, it says that it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab, his servant, and then he remained in Jerusalem. And so what you got to see here, guys, is that King David, he was supposed to be going out and doing something. That's what, that was the time where kings left, they headed out, and they went to battle. But he didn't do that. For whatever reason, he decided to stay, and what did he do? He tried to delegate his responsibility, what he was supposed to be doing, to somebody else. And so the point that I want to make is, is that pursuing God is my responsibility. That's what you need to write in the blank. My responsibility. Or you could say your, I should say your, but you need to say my Pursuing God is my responsibility. As a, as a, you know, it's not your husband's responsibility. It's not your wife's responsibility. It's not your pastor's responsibility to pursue the things of God. It is your responsibility to pursue the things of God. David remained in Jerusalem and had David, I think that had David done what he was supposed to be doing, he would not have fallen prey to temptation. And I think that the same thing is true in our lives, and that's the next point in your notes there, that running after God will minimize having to run for your life. If, we're, if, if you spend each and every day pursuing God and, 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 and allowing God to make the desires that he has the desires that you have, temptation, yeah, temptation will come. I'm not going to say it's not going to come, but I mean to tell you, you will have a lot less things in your life that you're having to run from because because of your pursuit of him. It goes on to say in 2 Timothy 6, that leads, me, leads us into our third point, and is, and is this. Seize the eternal life, the life that you were called to, the life that you fervently embraced. You know, that's the message version. Many of you guys know it this way. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. All of these, all of these words, guys, seize, right? Or fervently embrace or fight. What does that tell us? Number three in your notes is this. Pursuing God will be a fight. These students that went to camp had a great week. It's going to be a fight. It's just like one of them said. The enemy doesn't want them to continue to pursue God. So he's going to begin to tempt them. So they have to run from the temptation. But they also, as we look here, pursuing God is going to be a fight. And I mean to tell you that when you know that there's going to be a fight... You're a, you're a whole lot more determined, right? You, you know, like when me and my brother were growing up, when, when, when it came to fighting, it's like, okay, let's get it on. You know what I mean? Like you're ready to go. And I beat him like a drum for years until he started wrestling and he did all these moves and I was just, he tied me up like a knot and it was over with. But the point is this, when you know that there's a fight, you, 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 you're, you're ready for it. And what Timothy was, what was, Timothy was being told by Paul is like, listen, Fight the good fight of faith. It's, it's a good fight. That's the encouragement that we have. It's like, oh man, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. You know, well, guess what? You're, you need to be a fighter. But it's a good fight. It's a, it's a fight that, that he has equipped us to, with. He's strengthened us. He's, he's, he's going to help us. He's going to help these students in the things that, that, that they come against, the temptation. He'll help you with the temptations and the things that you're dealing with. He will help you if you call upon him, if you begin to pursue him. You know, when you think about this, when I think about this, this, this idea of fight, and you think, well, prove it to me. Think about this. When you sit down and spend time in God's word, what happens? Man, you are bombarded by things. Are you, is there anybody in here, or am I the only one where it's like, when I sit down, it's like the next thing you know, the phone's buzzing. Next thing you know, it's like you have this like, reminder list in your mind. It's like, you know, it's like a ticker tape. I could do this. I do this, right? That's a fight because it's at that point that you have to make a determination. Uh, 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 no, no, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. We are staying here and those things will be there when I get there. That's a fight. It's a challenge. And another thing, you begin to pray about matters in your life. What ends up happening? You're, you're praying, you're expecting, you're asking, you're, you're seeking God about these things, and the enemy comes in, and he's, he begins to sow doubt and questions and begin to question things, and, you know, I, I wonder if this could really take place. Why? It's a fight. Getting into the presence of God here on Sunday morning, right? You get to the third song. I, we were talking about this last week. Your flesh is like, oh, man, just put your arms down. I'm so tired. I didn't sleep enough. Was that a hunger pain? Right? You know, it, it's like you... you I'm just being transparent, okay? I'm hungry. I didn't have anything for breakfast. 
But listen, not a lot of us, the flesh, the flesh is working so hard that when it comes to worshiping God and getting into the presence of God, we get the song too. It's like, oh, goodness, this is a long worship set. Can we talk? Let's be honest. Those teenagers weren't that way at camp. They were up at the front pursuing God. They were up at the front pursuing His presence. They were up there expecting something. And when we come to church, it's like, oh, it's kind of like Jackson or somebody said, are we going through the motions here? Are we really pursuing God? When we come to church, it's like, we really expected Him to move or we just want to get together and, you know, have a good time and then go eat burgers. Eating burgers is great. But I, I tell you, I talked to the, the students last week about expectation and how vital it is. And they go hand in hand. Our expectation and our pursuit is like, I'm pursuing you because I know that you're gonna show yourself to me. You said that when I seek, I will find. You said when I knock, you will open it. And so it doesn't matter whether it's in your personal time where you're pursuing God or in, in corporate worship. You should have the same attitude. You should have the same expectation that we are coming together to pursue God and, and to watch him move and manifest in our presence. But it's going to be a fight. You're going to have to fight every single day. You're going to have to fight. Why? Because, listen, if it's not your personal time, something's going to come up and you know, man, I need to be in church. And it's like something's going to come up and you have a choice. The fight is yours. It's only yours. It's only ours. It's each and every one of us. And I mean to tell you guys, our effectiveness in this area, in this region, as a church family, is dependent on our own individual fight. I mean, if anybody that's in here has ever played sports, it was, it was, it was each person that showed up to the weight room and showed up to the workout and worked hard. Why? So as a team, we could be better. It was, it was personal, my personal responsibility to be there, be at practice, be lifting weights. Why? So the team could be better. The same thing is true as a church. If, if, if we want to move forward and we want to move forward in power, it's not just one man. It's not just Pastor Mike pursuing God. It's not just me pursuing God. It's not just you know, a leader, another leader pursuing God. It's all of us. Having an expectation and pursuing him with all of our heart and fighting and, and, and seizing and laying hold of, of our pursuit of him. We have to fight. You know, David, in, another, in, in an earlier time in his life, he was fighting. And, and uh, you guys remember the story of Ziklag, the city of Ziklag, which is where David lived. And he, but he was out fighting. He was out doing the work. He was out, uh, you know, uh, fighting and, and, and under the King Saul's orders. He was fighting for what was right, fighting for the promise of God. And then the Amalekites came in, they burned his city, they stole his stuff, and they took his family. You remember that? Look at this. First Samuel 30, verse 8, it said, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail. The question is, guys, listen, I mean to tell you, we have, to, we have to fight. And if the enemy has taken ground in your life, don't just roll over and say, well, it just is what it is. You have to, say, you have to be like David and be like, you, you know, you might come home and you might see that something was stolen. You might be seeing, you might be recognizing today that the Holy Spirit's saying to you, listen, your marriage isn't where it should be because you've allowed some things into your life. But today, I'm here today to tell you that if you'll fight, you can gain back what it is that the enemy has taken from you. As parents, as moms, as dads, we have to fight for our kids. We have to fight that for, for, for them in, in their lives that they are following God. It's going to be a challenge. There's going to be times where they don't want to do it. But it's my responsibility as a dad and as a father to say, no, I'm fighting for you. I want you to do this. We're going to do this. And this is the way we're going. Same thing in your marriage. Same thing in every area of your life. So the question is this, will you fight? Will you, will you fight to get something back that has been stolen from you? Listen, I did a devotion here a couple weeks ago, and that whole steal, kill, and destroy, when you study that out, it is phenomenal. Because the stealing part is a pickpocket, right? The Satan will come, he'll, he'll pick your pocket and be gone before you know it. He'll steal something in your life before you even know it. The next thing is to kill. And, and we think of it as just take your life and be done. 
but it actually means that, that he will try to talk you out of something. He'll get you to just give it up. He'll just say, you know, he'll cause you to question it and give it up. He, I did that for seven years. He talked me out of preaching. He talked me out of speaking. He said, just give it up. He couldn't steal it from me. He couldn't get me to quit. He, you know, so what did he do? He just tried to kill it. He tried to get me to give it up. So it is so, so vital that we recognize. And then the last thing, to steal, kill, and to destroy, the, the destroy means he's just going to ruin it. So whatever you haven't been stolen from, whatever it is that he hasn't talked you out of, the last remaining things might be a few things. I drew it on a paper. I drew these circles. And there was a lot of things. There, you know, a few things in the steel column, a few things in the things that he's talked me out of column. And the last thing was the marriage and my kids. It's like, you know, he'll come in there and try and just try to ruin that. And so we have to identify this and realize, you know what? This is how the enemy operates. This is, what he's, this is his motive. This is how he works. And so we have to fight for what it is that we know is true. The last thing is this, 1 Timothy 6.13. It says, I'm charging you before the light, living God and before Christ who took this stand before Pontius Pilate. Don't give up an inch. Keep this command to the letter and don't slack off. So number four in your notes is this. Don't give up an inch. Look what David did in 1 Samuel. It said that David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man escaped except a few of them cowards on camels. So is that going to be your attitude? Is that going to be your mentality? You know, that's what David did. He's like, man, what do I do? You know, but he's like, we're going to go get him. The Lord said, go get him. He said to pursue and you will recover all. And so today... You guys sat here and you listened to what it is that took place in their life. The question is, is what are you pursuing? Linda, you can come up wherever you're at. What are you pursuing? You, you, you know, if there's things that are in your life, if, if there's sin and temptation that's in your life, I'm telling you, those things are holding you back from your pursuit of God. And today is the day that you can say, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with this. The Holy Spirit has revealed to me what it is that I need to do, and, and, and I'm going to take these steps. I'm going to step away, and I'm going to run from these temptations and these things that, that are trying to... to I'm, and I'm going to pursue a righteous life. I'm going to pursue a holy life. I'm going to pursue the things of God in my life. Because when you do that, guys, I'm just telling you what. It's not that you're never going to make a mistake. It's not going to be perfect. Life is not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but thank God. Thank God. We have a gracious and loving Father that we can run to, right? That whole pursue concept. It's like we're pursuing Him to live for Him, but man, if we mess up, we're pursuing Him to say, Lord, forgive me. And then we just keep on keeping on. It's like my brother, I, our senior year, or his senior year. No, he's a junior. It doesn't matter. He's running 400 hurdles. If anybody's ran the 400 hurdles, man, it is brutal. It's like, you are a man's man. If you are a 400 hurdler, you are a man. I don't care. All the man cards are in your hand. So he's running around, you know, and he gets all the way around. He's on the back stretch, right? He's, he's winning. I mean, he won a lot of the races. But he hit a hurdle, and he fell down, and he did a somersault in the lane. Now, if I would have fallen, I would have just laid there and waited for a, just to put me on a board, right? And just go ahead and walk me out. I, I, I'm done. I call it quits. But he didn't, man. Man, that kid, he did a somersault and now he's in third place and he's only got about 60 yards to get to the win, right? He gets up and keeps going, jumps to the last hurdle, passes them all and wins. It was, it was amazing. Same thing's true in our lives, guys. We're going, to have, we're going to be pursuing God, and there's going to be things that trip us up. Teenagers, you guys, you guys are going to go back into your life, and, and the temptation is going to be, I messed up. I guess I'll just stop. You know, that's, the enemy. that's what the enemy wants. He's going to try and trip you up. He's going to try and get you to stop. He's going to try and get you to sit down. He's going to try and get you to stop pursuing God, get you into shame, get you into, you know, sorrow get you into depression, get you into all these things that God paid for. They're just labels. They're just labels. I, 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 I just... <sighs> Devil's a liar. He'll do whatever he can to convince you to stop pursuing the things of God. 
And the whole time God's just saying, listen, I don't care about any of that. I just want you. I just want you in my life. Just, just pursue me. I, I, I'll heal that pain. I'll help that thing. Just pursue me. So today, let's, let's, let's just take a time here, you know, close our eyes, you know, and, and take this opportunity and take this moment, guys, that if you have not been pursuing God, today's the day. If you need forgiveness in your life, today's the day. To, if you need to be released of weight and shame like some of these teenagers, that, that, that what they experienced, today's the day. You don't need to write it on a piece of paper. You don't need to leave it here. You can leave it here. But my encouragement to you today is walk away from it. Recognize that it stings. Recognize that it's meant to hurt you. Recognize that it's stealing from you. And you're like, and, and, re, and resist it and say, I'm, not, I'm done with this. I'm done doing this. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, between you and your heavenly father, today is your day. If you recognize that you have sin, if you recognize that you need to get back and get right with God, today is your day. Just simply raise your hand right now to your heavenly father, between you and him. And when you put it up, you can put it right back down. Is there anybody in here? Right, just raise your hand. There it is, there it is. There it is, they're all over the place, perfect. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for these people today that have responded. Responded to you. You see their heart. You know their heart. You know what they're dealing with, Father. And we just thank you, Father, that today is the day that they're leaving this at your feet. They're, they're walking from it. And I pray, Father, for those that have been struggling, those that have been, that have been in condemnation, that, that have had a weight upon them, Father. I pray that today that, 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 that you would destroy that burden. You'd destroy that weight on their life in the name that is above every name. I thank you that they will walk out of this place free, free from that sin, free from that weight, free from that pain in Jesus' name. And that they will be free to pursue you in their life, to pursue you and to run hard after the things of God. We thank you, Father, for the, the power of God that works in our lives and in their lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Isn't God good?